Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. Today, I have a really cool episode all about productivity and mindset and really focusing on achieving your goals and eliminating all of the noise around us. I think it was interesting with the Mercury retrograde this week and the blackout of Instagram and Facebook, a lot of people found that um, almost therapeutic because I think we are just all so much on social media and addicted to it. And it does put a lot of strain on our bodies and our nervous system. So we're gonna talk all about that. Um, so I think this was perfect timing for this episode. Hope you guys love it. I have Yasmin on the podcast. So she is superhuman. She's like doing all the things. She's focused around performance, wellness, human potential, and cognitive and neuropsychology. She's a soon-to-be certified coach and group fitness trainer. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree with a major in psychology and a minor in applied ethics. She's currently working at Nature of Work, which is a company that exists to maximize human potential and help people live fuller lives. And during her free time, she volunteers as a coach at Pain BC to help patients who are feeling overwhelmed by chronic pain to help them make positive changes in their health and well-being. So she is amazing, doing all of the things, super passionate human being, and she has so much insight into what we're going to talk about today. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this. Let's get started. So today I have Yasmin on the podcast. So excited to have you here. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So I'm not going to get into what you do. I think the best is to have you explain to us what you do. Um, I'm really excited for this episode. A lot of good, cool topics we're going to go through. Um, But could you start off by just telling us a little bit about what you do and how you got to that place today? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got my hands in a bunch of things currently. Um, So right now I'm the executive assistant to the CEO CEO of Brightweb. I'm a coach, I'm a personal trainer at a boxing gym and also a TRX gym. And most recently I've been doing some research and content design for a new company that is launching in the summer called Nature Work. Um, So yeah, I guess a lot of it is around health and wellness. Um, This is one of my biggest values in life, whether it was playing multiple sports growing up, teaching fitness classes, practicing mindfulness, coaching others. It's always, it's, it's a huge pillar for me. Um, so I started out by getting my Bachelor of Science degree in Psychology and Applied Ethics at UVic. And then I went on to do my coaching certification, which I'm finishing in, finishing this month. Um, so yeah, coaching came to me three years ago. I was still struggling with grieving the death of my dad at a young age. And coaching was really the only thing that worked for me. Um, it resulted in my biggest breakthrough I've ever had. And it also allowed me to move forward and leave the past in the past. Wow. So you've definitely been kind of like in so many different sectors and obviously you're doing so many different jobs, but so basically the main focus for you is helping others. Who do you really target? Absolutely. Um, who do I target? That's a great question. I love working with teenagers. I find it just to be such great work and I learn so much from them. Um, 
So yeah, lots of my clients are young adults, teenagers. And then the new company that is launching this summer, it really focuses on anyone who's 25 to 34 years old. Okay. And so today we're going to talk about mostly optimal performance with rewriting your brain, um, focusing on like mindset and all that. Um, but you mentioned that you had a really big struggle, obviously losing your father. Was that something that kind of propelled you into this world of mindset or was it something else? A hundred percent. Um, I was really, I was really stuck for so long and I realized that by not, by repressing and by not focusing on what had happened, I was really, I was really doing myself a disservice. Um, repressing wasn't helpful and I really realized that I needed to focus and just get present on what was happening and what had happened in, in order to move forward. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of, for a lot of us with like coping mechanism, it's kind of like numbing out the feeling, which is what happens with a lot of addictions and things like that. We just don't want to feel the emotion. But when you're reworking, rewiring your brain, you actually have to confront that emotion, right, to be able to make breakthroughs. So as much as it can be painful, as I'm guessing it must have been super painful for you, um, but how were you, were you able to just kind of do that yourself or did you find other resources? Yeah. So coaching was actually the only thing that got me through it. I tried multiple, I, I saw so many counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists and nothing really worked. Um, and I think it was because I was focusing solely on the past. Um, coaching is focused on the present and moving forward. And I think I got to a time in my life where I was finally ready to focus on the present. Um, so I think a combination of coaching and also mindfulness practice has allowed me to be more present focused and not so stuck in the past. I love that you mentioned that because for me too, and I think a lot of people, we do live in the past because we're trying to relive certain times where it was like good, et cetera, or we're just in fear of, and just in constant fear of like what could go wrong because we've had things go wrong in the past, right? So I think that's super important to address because how we actually view our everyday life is going to change dramatically about like what happens in our life. So yeah, the mindset shift is so important. And I love how you mentioned that coaching really helped you because it's interesting because coaching obviously is serving others, but you actually kind of get to coach yourself in a way. Um, as a coach, I also noticed that. So I think that's really cool because it is actually serving you as well as serving others, which is beautiful because you get to work on yourself and help others as well. Absolutely. And that's, um, that's why I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to give back what I received and just show people how powerful coaching is. And so with your coaching, you mentioned like you do personal training, etc. Um, I'm guessing you work on kind of like the holistic side of things. So looking at like nutrition as well. Um, but I know you're really focused on the mindset part. So what is something that you usually see like a big issue when it comes to mindset is, are there like underlying factors or issues or fears that come up that you see like across the board with people? I think it's that we're working in, we're so distracted. 
um, that really we can't be present in everything we do every day. Um, so I think that's the shift that needs to happen for people to be able to regain control of their mind and also just not work in such a fragmented and distracted way. Completely agree. And I've definitely been a victim of this. And it's something I'm constantly working on because I'm somebody who's very like distracted <laughs> and I have so much so much going on at once. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard to be present for me, which is something that's like, you know, a work in progress. But I think it's also our kind of generation who is growing up in this fast paced society lifestyle, especially with technology. So I want to talk to you about technology a bit more. So how is technology, because obviously technology is a good thing for many different sectors and, you know, for quality of life, et cetera, but how is it hurting us? Absolutely. So it's, I think it's hurting us in so many different ways. And that's actually how, why Nature of Work was born. Um, so what we're realizing is that the latest technology trends um, result in people work constantly working in a fragmented, distracted state. and yet it seems like we're working so hard, but we're putting in all this work and we're not performing as well as we could be. And I think it's really the result of our habits with technology. Um, So I think it's a combination of things. It's how we start our mornings. It's how we continue on with our days in this constant distracted straight state where we're getting overwhelmed by notifications and pings and all of these things that are vying for our attention. Yeah, totally. And I think it's something that's just going to be worse and worse, especially with like the new generations who are literally holding iPads at like age three. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just no more patience anymore. And there's a lot of like distraction, like ADD, like no focus, like even in schools, it's apparently um, getting worse and worse. Like kids can't concentrate. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we use it productively? Because I mean, for the most part for our businesses or just if we want to be like in the social loop, like it's not really ideal for us to just let go of all technology and go live in the woods. Right. So how do we use it productively, but without getting into like the mindless scrolling or just wasting your time um, looking at things that are not serving you? Yeah. I think the first thing that there's so many things you can do, but I think the first thing is, really redefining your relationship with your morning. So I think one of the biggest things that our course focuses on is the power of a morning routine. So right now we've noticed that the first thing most people do when they wake up is they grab their phones. As soon as they wake up, they start scrolling through endless streams of content by Instagram or their emails. And this is just a really stressful way to start the day. And it's really hard on the brain. So when we start our days by instantly reaching for our phone, we're creating the same effect in our body and in our brain. So what's happening is we're instantly flooding our brain with information without allowing it to fully get warm and centered. Um, And I think it really signals to the brain that, all right, today is going to be a hyper alert um, day to all incoming signals. And yeah, so it really doesn't allow your brain to get fully warm and centered. And this instant flood of information signals to the brain that today's going to be a hyper alert 
day to all incoming signals. And this is super detrimental if we want to do focused, productive work or keep calm through a high pressure day. So I think that's the main thing that you can start by doing is committing to starting your morning technology free. So what I like to do is the first 30 to 60 minutes of my day are completely phone free. And instead I do something mindful. So maybe it's meditating, maybe it's going to the gym, maybe it's doing a gratitude practice or journaling or going for a walk or doing some yoga, just doing something mindful that allows the brain to warm up and be ready for the day ahead. Um, this is obviously, if you're used to grabbing your phone first thing in the morning, this might be really difficult. So even starting with five minutes of something mindful um, could have such a powerful effect on the day. I love it. And I definitely am trying to implement that too. Like I think a bedtime and morning routine is so, so important. And I see it make a tremendous shift and impact, not just on myself, but on others as well. Cause I also recommend that to my clients. So it's definitely something that takes some practice, as you mentioned, like we can't just jump into it, like go phoneless until like 12 PM or whatever. But, and a lot of people, it's not realistic to, you know, no do that huge jump but yeah even like five minutes it's a huge huge difference um even if you're just jolting out of bed and like rushing through your day like I schedule at least an hour for me to get ready um you know eat do some like whatever activity meditation journaling um because I know a lot of people just jump out of bed brush their teeth and they're out the door and I think that's not a great way to start your day and it's just like a stressed out state right so even if you have to wake up a bit earlier i think that is a sacrifice that's worth it and just like go to bed a bit earlier too like just have to shift it a bit um but even if it's just like getting up 15 minutes earlier so you can kind of start more slowly i think that makes a huge difference yeah i think the theme is just slowing down slowing down your morning slowing down your day slowing down your evenings and just work on being present yeah, and that's something that is very challenging in our in our day to day life now. But um, I think there is a movement too, though. So it is nice seeing like more people are doing it. But what are your thoughts on multitasking? Because I think that in our world today, people are kind of praised to multitask. Like, oh, I'm doing all these things at once. But as you were kind of mentioning before, like, there's a lot of like, maybe you're working like long hours, but maybe you're not working efficiently. Like a lot of time is wasted. I see a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, so what are your thoughts on multitasking? Is it an effective strategy? Should we do it? Yeah. It's funny you say that. Um, I used to think that multitasking was a thing and I used to say, Oh, I'm such a good multitasker. Um, it's funny though, when we were doing research for our course, um, it's, actually under 1% of the population that can effectively multitask. So our brain just isn't wired to work that way. Um, but everyone, so many people think that this is the way to get work done, but it's actually, yeah, it's funny, under 1% of the population can effectively multitask. Our brain just isn't wired to work that way. So what I'd recommend is actually just breaking your calendar into focus blocks where you focus on one thing. I think you'd be so surprised at how much you can get done and how detrimental multitasking is. Yeah. So it's basically kind of like you're not really focused on one thing. So you're not able to really complete anything completely or like to the best of your ability, right? Absolutely. And every time that you task switch, 
it sends a signal to your brain that it needs to go down a new neural pathway. And then if you task switch again, it activates another neural pathway. So your brain's just completely going in circles. I honestly am so guilty of this. <laughs> it makes me so <laughs> And I keep like bashing my head because I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm just like, I think I'm a serial multitasker. Like one of those people like you, it's just like, yeah, I'm so good at multitasking, but I'm actually not. But it's also, I think it's also maybe an excuse for some people, even myself, if it's like, I know I need to do something, but I don't want to do that thing because it's a bit scary or it's uncomfortable. So I'm just going to put this list of like all of these activities that I maybe should do, but like they aren't really beneficial to, to whatever I'm trying to accomplish. Right. So I think a lot of the time it's like a distraction from like maybe the one or two things you should do. And then another thing I want to kind of go into is I've read a lot of books about like making a list of things. I think there was one book, it's like the one thing or something like that, where it talks about literally having like a maximum three things to do a day and that's it. And I was literally, when I read that, I was like, what? That's impossible for me. I have like, you should see my list. It's ridiculous. But I, I really understood like the, the reasoning behind it. Um, so I think it, it is something that we just aren't accustomed to. It's like making things more simplified and cutting out the stuff that we just not serving us. Right. Absolutely. And it's just breaking that cycle. So starting maybe with one 15 minute focus block where you focus on just that one thing and then you take a minute break and then you focus on that next thing and slowly just working yourself up to, because the brain focuses in 90 minutes. So I think what the ideal goal is to just focus on one thing at a time, you'll be so surprised at how much you can get done. Just going to interrupt this episode to talk about Four Sigmatic. If you haven't heard me talk about them before, you probably don't know me that well because I love them so much. They have changed the game for me since I Broke up with coffee a few years ago. I know we talk about this in this episode about coffee. Um, not everybody does very well, especially if you're burnt out. Definitely recommend um, looking for something else, at least for the time being. For Sigmatic, if you are really loving coffee, they have a blend that helps avoid the jitters. So it's gonna have mushrooms, adaptogens, helps balance out cortisol levels helps uh, reduce that jittery feeling so it's going to help with energy and focus and mood and then they have alternatives to coffee which i take so like their cacao drinks their lion's mane their chaga um, if you want something for bedtime reishi is fantastic i swear by these these are absolutely phenomenal the quality is amazing and the taste is so good um, you definitely need to try it if you haven't tried it before you can save 10 percent off your Four Sigmatic order with code Laurent. So that's L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E at checkout. So save 10% if you want to try those out. If you're looking to transition from coffee to something else, if you're looking to help balance out those stressed out adrenals, if you're dealing with sleep problems, energy crashes, this is definitely something I recommend. It's changed my life and you should get on it. So if you want to save some money, 10% off, use code Laurent. Let's get back to the episode. And so what about optimizing time and environment? So like whether we're an office or we're working from home or at a coffee shop, like do you have any tips or strategies to kind of like optimize where you're working and make it work for you? 
absolutely. Um, so I'm very grateful I get to work at home a lot of the time and I find that that kind of eliminates all distractions, but I do go into the office sometimes. Um, and I think just the main, the biggest hack is putting your phone away. So I'll hide my phone from myself all the time. Um, there's a study done that in a research paper, there was three groups. One had their phone in front of them. One had their phone in the pocket and one had their phone in their backpack. And the amount of productivity of the people who had their phone in their backpack, they completely outperformed even the people with their phone in their pocket when it wasn't visible. So what I find the biggest help is hiding my phone, not having it in sight, um, and also just working on being distraction-free. So if I've got a really big, important project to do, I will stay home and do it. Or if I have to go into the office, I'll do it in a meeting room where I can't get distracted by other people. Um, another thing I do is setting the same work environment each day. So I listen to the exact same ambient music each day. I, so ambient music, nothing with words and no podcasts. Um, I also light the same candles. So that smell signals to my brain that, okay, it's time to work. And I try to work in the same spot each day. So I sit in the same spot at the office and I also sit in my office at home when I'm working. I love it. Yeah, so yeah just I think that the phone thing, especially that's something that I think is huge and mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, just picking it up for no reason. And then we literally end up on like YouTube and, and Instagram and it just keeps yeah. going. And then it's just harder to break free from it. Um, do you do like time blocking too then? Absolutely. So that was something that came much more difficult to me, but I've recently started doing it and I've got two 30 minute blocks in my calendar where I allow myself to check my phone for any emails, for any calls. Um, I can scroll through Instagram during that time if I want to. And it's very, it's at specific times throughout my day. And that's really allowed me to just, I, I know the time block is coming so I can focus on the work I'm doing at hand, knowing that I will eventually get to check my phone. And that's been really, really difficult, but it's so productive for my day. Um, and also I like Apple's made it very easy because you can block out your apps for the entire day if you want to. Um, so I found that really helpful as well. How do you do that? So, How does that work? It's like the, yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't open for you. Yeah, so you can go to screen time and enable screen time on your phone and you can limit the hours that you're on your phone per day and you can also limit the app. So I've got any of my social media apps limited to 30 minutes max per day and then you can't enter it. And that's under, sorry, which, which setting, like general? Let me take a look, yeah. It's I'm interested. Under, <laughs> I yeah, for sure. Um, it's under general and then you go to settings and then you'll see screen time on your phone. Oh, okay. Interesting. Cause yeah. I've, I've set up something on Instagram where it's like one hour a day, but yeah. then like, it will be like, you spend an hour a day and then I'm just like, okay, dismiss. And then I, I'll go over it. <laughs> so it's like so bad. I need somebody to be like, no, you cannot override this. Yeah, for so sure. So look that up. <laughs> you definitely could override it, but yeah. it's, it's like, it's set up so you don't. So right. that's definitely something that's helped a lot with me. And that helps too with downtime. So I, my hours 
that I can open my phone and close it. And so that also results in me not scrolling in the morning, so not scrolling at night. Right. Perfect. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> I think a lot of us can use that. <laughs> and so I want to get into, um, before we get into the subconscious mind, um, optimizing energy levels to boost performance. Because I think a lot of us are just burnt out, like we're go, 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 like that can maybe work for a time, for a certain time, but then we're just like relying on coffee, we can't sleep, like our performance is tanking. So it's really about finding that balance between rest and work, right? But um, yeah. I mean, it's a lot easier to say than to do, like a lot of people just like, they just don't have time for that. But what would you say for the person who's like type A, who literally is just like out the door at 7 a.m., back home at like, I don't know, 9 p.m., if they're just feeling overwhelmed and like burnt out, but they still have this like high level of achievement that they have to attain, whether it be their own business or like a company they're working for, um, what would you say for them to kind of, you know, balance out rest and play and then, I mean, sorry, rest and work and, um, and how to really help with the, the energy levels? Yeah, for sure. So that's me in a nutshell. So that's funny. Um, I think the biggest change I've made over the last year is sleeping. I think it's really easy to forget and get super wrapped up in whatever you're doing and just being like, yeah, I don't have time for sleep. But sleeping is probably the biggest productivity hack you can do. Um, so for 12 years, I was getting four to five hours of sleep and just grinding so, so hard. And I was under that impression that there wasn't enough time to sleep so I could accomplish everything I wanted to get done in the day. But after sleeping for seven and a half hours to nine hours, which I have been consistently for the last year, I get so much more done. And I think what it really comes down to is that sleep is so critical for our subconscious brain to process our experiences, strengthen and develop our memory, correlate information we've learned, um, to find creative solutions, and also just work through any emotional experiences that we've had throughout the day. So if you don't sleep, you're really not allowing your brain to function at its full capacity um, because we're not allowing it to, our brain or our body, the time to repair itself. itself. So I think the main productivity hack to get everything done is actually sleeping because you'll show up so much fuller and more present when you sleep than if you're complete, if you're grinding all day and all night. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that for like the four or five hours. Like I know a lot of people who sleep that long and mm -hmm. like I know some people have told me like, oh, it's just like all mindset. Like if you think you need four hours, then you're like good. If you think like for me, I say I need nine hours of sleep. That's like I feel optimal. But yeah. some people say like, oh, just because you think you need nine hours. But what if you thought like you need five hours, then you probably would only need five hours or mm -hmm. people who are like, oh, you can sleep when you're dead kind of thing. Like, I just, it's just all not the studies. Thing. Yeah, no. And like all the studies I see on sleep, it's like minimum seven hours. So yeah. I really think that I don't think below seven hours is going to be ideal. No, it's not ideal. And it's interesting. Half of the North American population is getting less than six hours, which means they are sleep deprived. And any study you look at, it is so detrimental to your health. And the sleep when you're dead thing, it's funny because you will die earlier if you don't mm -hmm. sleep. Like it is so, so incredibly bad for your health. 
Yeah, I agree. And like all the studies too, like it's not just about like what goes on in your body. Like you could literally do, do like, I don't know how long of a podcast on like what goes on during your sleep because, and even things we don't know about, but it's also for brain performance. Um, the lymphatic system is in your brain. It's like, it's kind of like the lymphatic system, but in your brain. So it uh, removes toxins from your brain. So obviously you're not going to be optimal and functioning and like, you know, thinking properly if you have all of these toxins that are not being processed and eliminated. And that happens during sleep too, right? So yeah, totally agree. Sleep is a game changer. Yeah. And being awake is actually low level brain damage. So I think it just kind of goes to your point. You need to sleep to remove those toxins from your brain. For sure. And so what about, were you the person who, because I definitely um, suffered from insomnia for so long. Mm -hmm. Now I was able to, you know, um, balance everything out and I sleep well. But Mm -hmm. did you also have trouble falling asleep, staying asleep when you were in that kind of like go, 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 four hours of sleep stage? I just couldn't sleep. I had way too much on my mind and I was drinking so much caffeine. I was on my phone and on my computer late. I wasn't doing anything productive to allow my brain to wind down. And I think that has been the biggest changer for me is I now have a wind down routine. So you have a bedtime routine. That's been the biggest change. Absolutely. And I cut out caffeine a hundred percent exactly a year ago. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) Happy anniversary. (laughs) But yeah, I honestly feel the same way. Um, bedtime routine no caffeine like obviously some other things too but and I tell people about the caffeine and they're like they look at me like I'm crazy but then they do it and they're like my energy is amazing and I can sleep and I'm just like yep especially if you have to like uh, rely on it like a crutch that's a big big uh, red flag that you need to at least cut it down a bit yeah, I think I was having three to five coffees a day and I was just oh, no. <laughs> my day like that and cutting it out felt so horrible for the first two weeks, but I would never take it back. It's resulted in me being able to show up so much more present, show up to meetings, not wired and going all over the place. I think, and also I can sleep now and it feels so good. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's once you get over that slump. then you're good, right? Like the beginning is a little bit rough, but definitely worth it. And so what does your bedtime routine look like? Yeah, so I go to bed early because I wake up super early to either teach or go to the gym. So I start my wind down generally around 8.30 and I put the same essential oils on my forehead each night. I drink some chamomile tea and then I get into bed and at this point my phone is away. It's, it's not in the room or it's at the other side of the room because that, that the blue light is just keeps you awake. Right. So I try to have not have my phone on me for 30 to 60 minutes before I start sleeping. And then I start reading a book and then generally I'll fall asleep within 10 minutes. So I'm usually asleep by like nine, nine thirty. Wow. That's mm-hmm. amazing. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and then what time do you wake up? I wake up at 524 each morning and I'm so energized. It's wonderful. Wow. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is enough sleep. That's like eight to nine hours. So exactly. 
Amazing. So thank you so much for all of these tips. I think it's really, really helpful. Um, most of us deal with this kind of thing, especially as entrepreneurs, and we're all just striving for excellence in, you know, every part of our lives. So there is a lot of noise out there. So thank you so much for helping us kind of just quiet it down a bit and, you know, ad adopt different strategies to help us with this. So let us know what you're up to. I know you have a new program coming out, right? Yeah. So Nature of Work is launching an, a five-week online course and habit tracking app this summer. And the course helps you break the cycle of distraction and find common focus in your work and in your life while rapidly rewiring your brain. Um, it's completely science-backed and it gives you the knowledge, tools, and practices to produce higher quality work faster with less stress, anxiety, and burnout. And it's targeted towards tech and knowledge workers. Um, so our site's up now. You can check it out at natureofwork.co. And we've actually got a free seven-day mini course available right now that you can sign up to. And it gives you um, exercises to help you create a morning routine. And it'll send you a new exercise each day for seven days. Um, so yeah, we're re getting really excited. And the launch of the complete five-week course will be this summer. Amazing. I actually was stalking it and I was like, I need to sign up for this. I really want to do this. So honestly, yes. guys, go check it out, especially if you like this episode. Um, it looks really cool. So it's like all self-paced kind of thing. Yeah, you can go at your own pace. Absolutely. And there's a habit tracking app that will continue after those five weeks to make sure the new habits really get dialed in. And you Amazing. can subscribe to hear when the course is launching on our website as well. Awesome. I'll be sure to put that in the show notes so we can check it out. Thank you so much for coming on. I thought this was really, really um, instructive and helpful for me and I'm sure my listeners. So thank you again, Yasmin, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me.